Which leadership skill do you think is one of the top search terms, especially for new leaders? I'll give you a clue. It's one of the skills that even experienced leaders often get wrong. The sad thing is, is that it's a skill that has the power to not only make your team work more effectively and efficiently, but also help both you and your team members to enhance your well-being and accelerate your growth. Well, given the title of the episode, you probably know that I'm talking about delegation. So in today's episode, we're going to explore a few stories that can illuminate what makes delegation so difficult and some practical tips that can help you to do it better. I'm Terry Schmidt, leadership coach and podcast host at Strong Leaders Serve. And this is the Strong Leaders Serve podcast. Let's jump right into the three stories. The first two will illustrate why delegation is so hard. So my client, Lisa, came to me a bit frustrated. Her boss had just delivered a presentation to company leaders about the work that her team did without even consulting her. In reality, she would have been the best one to deliver the presentation. But even if that wasn't possible, she was annoyed and really a little bit hurt that she wasn't even aware of the presentation. She suspected that the lack of involvement was due to her boss waiting until the last minute to work on the presentation. His failure to manage his time left him unable to involve her in this growth and visibility opportunity. Now the second story, one that hits a little closer to home. On the home front, I silently stewed as I rushed to make one of our kids' lunches minutes before they had to leave for school. This was their job. They were old enough for this responsibility. But with the time constraint, I slipped into doing it for them. Now, if you're an aspiring leader or a parent with young toddlers who can't help out much yet, you're probably longing for the opportunity to delegate. But as I reflect on these two experiences and many others, I think I better understand why delegation is off-cited as one of the most difficult skills for new leaders to learn and implement well. Although many will try to help you by focusing on identifying your zone of genius and prioritizing which tasks you should delegate, which to be fair are important skills, I think that the primary challenge with delegation is instead something different. Delegation involves loss. Of course, there are the obvious losses, like the loss of the full control of the how of the project, which is equally difficult for the perfectionist and for the leader who loves creative problem solving. I'm not talking about myself at all. There's also the loss of the freedom to engage in bad time management and sloppy project definition practices. This is the loss that Lisa's boss avoided by completing the presentation himself instead of engaging her. I even rebel against the delegation-induced loss at home, swooping in to do tasks that our teenage kids should be responsible for. It feels more efficient. But if I really reflect on it, I wonder if at some subconscious level, my delegation resistance is due to my discomfort with losing my identity as the person who does it all and give so much to others. Perhaps the loss that underlies most of our challenges with delegation, particularly for new leaders, 
involves the factors that we allow to shape our identity. After all, do we feel that our identity is really just the sum of our achievements? How much of how we view ourselves is shaped by the feedback we get from others? The problem is that delegation rips these factors out of our grasp. Delegation isn't about hitting a clearly defined target, but instead, it's about engaging in the art of motivation and enablement so that others can get the credit. That's kind of hard to take, if we're honest. You see, as leaders, our calling is different. But the temptation is to hold on to the clarity of shaping our identity through individual achievement and recognition metrics. The temptation is to avoid the loss created when we have to replace the clear metrics of personal achievement with the nebulous metrics of supporting the work of others. The temptation is to engage in delegation in name only, or dino otherwise known as things like micromanagement and rescuing behaviors like we've talked about on previous episodes. The more I think about it, I think that maybe what is needed to help leaders delegate more effectively is not another training class about project management or prioritization. Maybe what is needed instead is guidance and support for acknowledging the loss, working through it, and reshaping their identity to align with their leadership calling. Now, here are some steps that have helped me to get started on these. First, I need to acknowledge and reflect on what I'm losing. Which loss is really deeply hurting the most, even if I don't want to admit it, and is keeping me from delegating well? Second, if I can think about the growth possible through accepting the new skill or identity or reality and determine why it's worth the loss. So in a simple case, in my home delegation failures, why is it worth it for me to let my kids do those tasks? And third, making a commitment to try out the new skill, keeping in mind why it's worth it, and paying close attention to the positive results. So recognizing that delegation involves loss and working through that is the first step. But the second step to delegating well is illustrated in this last story. My heart sank as I read the email from my new VP. I had just been promoted and I had worked all morning on an analysis for him. He had already found two errors in my calculations. With my calendar packed with other meetings and responsibilities, I had prioritized the work for him, but I could only carve out a few hours to get it done. And although I was very confident in my ability to do the work, I also knew that detail-oriented work was not one of my natural talents and therefore would take me more time. Gosh, if only this first project had been related to creating strategy, performance consulting, or helping people work better with the other humans around them, then I would have delivered much better results in the allotted time. But instead, I felt like a failure. A failure who still had a packed calendar full of other tasks. This experience came to mind as I reflected on how many people in my circle have shared recently that they're just too busy. And although I don't deny that our current drive to do more with less is creating unmanageable, burnout-inducing workloads, I do wonder if some of that stress might be relieved with more intentional assignment of work. See, when people talk about too much work, not enough time, In my experience, we often miss that just because someone is capable of doing an assigned piece of work, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to be efficient with it. That efficiency and quality is going to come from how well that task is aligned with their natural talents. When there is misalignment, not only is there greater risk for subpar work, there is also resulting emotional stress from their inability to deliver their desired quality standard in the allotted time. That first project in my new role not only created stress because I felt overwhelmed by the other work that I had to compress, but also because even with the time I carved out, I wasn't able to deliver the quality I expected from myself. So again, getting back to delegation, and if you feel like you're in a place where there's too much work and not enough time, I invite you to consider how you can be more intentional with your delegation. And here are some questions to help. First, do you know your team members' natural talents? The type of work that energizes them, the type of work that they are best at doing. Second, in what ways can you align their work with those talents? Third, if there is work that's not aligned with their talents, how can you provide support to enable them to complete it well? And last, and this is a tough one getting back to our loss conversation, what tasks are you holding on to that might be best completed by someone else? So as you continue on your leadership journey today, think of what is keeping you back from experiencing the power of effective delegation. Do you need to spend some time working through the loss? Or is it more about being more intentional in how you assign work to particular team members? To be honest, we probably would all benefit from working on both elements of delegation. But whatever you do, remember that to do delegation well requires way more than identifying your zone of genius and learning how to prioritize. It's one of the most challenging elements of leadership. But the potential positive impact on you and on your team make the effort expended toward intentional delegation well worth the effort. I hope that was helpful. And of course, if you ever need any support or an outside perspective, I'm here for you. (music) 